Welcome back to Do Less Podcast with John and Jeff. We're here talking about what's going on in the media today with economics and regarding policy. Um, we're here to inform you, inform you, the listener, make you think about stuff you maybe not, maybe weren't thinking about before. And, uh, you know, third episode, we're going strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got a goal to do 50 episodes. Hopefully we'll... We'll hit that goal and we'll keep people engaged in listening. Yeah, and this is the only podcast on the market that's guaranteed to cure your erectile dysfunction. So <laughs> stay tuned, and you might yeah, like, that you might just, like what uh, you hear. Yeah, that was just. Uh, I think we just got a medical. The medical board of doctors approved that di- for prescription for that diagnosis. So do you think I can get in like legal trouble for saying that? <laughs> Yeah, I think you definitely can. <laughs> we definitely right, well, can. good thing no one listens to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if we ever become famous, then people can just scroll back to this episode and play that, and then we'll be able to uh, vilify us and cancel don't, us. <laughs> don't worry, I'm going to say a lot worse stuff in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. Right. If they have to scroll back to there to find a way to all they're gonna have to it, they're us. just gonna need the most current episode and it's gonna be filled <laughs> yeah. with me like <laughs> So recently so in the news what we saw what, that we want to talk about is something that we have seen we had seen um briefly earlier this year with Robinhood, the uh financial investing app. Um we saw them, they had a brief stint where they offered 3% uh, savings rate on their uh, savings account. Deposits. Are they done with that already? Yeah, they canceled that within like <laughs> two weeks. They offered that, and then there was a whole backlash where people were like, you can't offer that. That's not FDIC insured. And they were just like, they literally just like, oh, okay, well, we don't offer that anymore. <laughs> and they rescinded that. Yeah, I used to use Robinhood and because uh, it had free commissions, and as soon as they, I mean, I always knew it was sketchy, but like as soon as they announced that three percent checking account, we're talking checking, right? So for people who yeah, aren't right. super tuned into this kind of stuff, like a good <laughs> interest rate on a savings account where your money's kind of tucked away a little bit more tightly so you can't access it as easily will be like one or two percent like interest rates are really low on just simple pretty liquid forms of money like that Uh, liquid meaning you can access it easily Um, and so checking is really like the most liquid form of uh, that other than straight up cash that you have in your wallet or something like that Uh, that's like really one of the most liquid forms of money so three percent on a checking account is is really insane. Uh, and so when they offered that, I knew they must have, like the only way for them to do that would be either they're leveraging the money that we're putting in there and, and betting it on you know the market or whatever and just trying to get really aggressive returns with your money. And so, you know. Yeah, and with aggressive returns, there's risk. Exactly. Eats into the liquidity, so if there's if you're in a risky asset that could go up and down, 
you know, the the riskier it is, the more it'll go up and down in in value in price. So uh, if they're offering, you know, immediately liquid and an immediately liquid risky option, something's got to give. So it was like that. You know, it was too good to be true. I mean, I signed up for it. I was like, you know, I don't know how they're gonna do it, but if it's a, if it's FDIC insured, that means that they could go under. Robinhood could just fail, and the federal government will will pay you back your money up to like two hundred thousand dollars, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, maybe. So I was like, okay, yeah, FDIC insured. Um, and then it, it actually wasn't FDIC insured. It was something yeah. else. It was like F. It was like uh, another acronym. I don't know. They, and, they thought they could do it, and then they couldn't. <laughs> and what is FDIC insured, for those who don't know? Federal Deposit Insurance certi- I mean, Certification. What it stands for doesn't matter. Just, like, what does oh. it mean conceptually? So, on this <laughs> vehicle, so Robin, what Robin Hood was offering, it wasn't FDIC insured. It was something else, but similar to FDIC insured. But FDIC insured is what is on your savings account at a normal bank, at, like, an institute, at, like, a... Mm-hmm you know, uh, a regular, you know, your PNC or your uh, Chase, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever you're using. That, those accounts are FDIC insured, which means that the federal government has dictate, or what's the word? They, I don't know. Guarantee, they guarantee yeah, your They your guarantee savings. it, yeah. In they, case, like, the bank in. goes bankrupt or whatever. Right. right. And all the money that you have in there up to, I think, either it's either two hundred dollars or $250,000. We'll I think it's two fifty. dollars yeah. Yeah, two fifty. So, um, yeah, so it, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you have to, uh, the bank has to do to comply with that. For example, not re- investing the money in risky, you know, but Robinhood was not in compliance. They just didn't read the rules. They didn't know what they were allowed to and allowed not, or not allowed to do. So they offered something that was just imaginary and they got called out and they just reverse course and were like, and they just deleted all mention of it on, off their website, and they're like, "We never offered it." <laughs> <laughs> Which, in a way, I kind of respect about Robinhood, where they're just playing it like the wild, wild west, and they're like, yeah. "We don't know how any of this stuff give, works, but we're just give gonna, us your money. We're just yeah. gonna do it." <laughs> yeah, just give us your money, and we'll, you know. Um, <laughs> but so the recent headline: What is the infinite, the infinite leverage cheat code oh, that yeah. was found by um, the, the subreddit? Uh, Wall Street bets, where you could the specific vehicle is not really important. It's like you set, you sold covered calls. Yeah, so uh, essentially they're selling options, which injects cash immediately into your account. Because right. essentially, for those who don't know anything about options, options are derivatives in the sense that they derive their price from some other uh, equity. So. You can think of derivatives sort of like sports betting, right? So, uh, you know, if there's this game on TV, that's sort of the real thing. You know, you, you can't duplicate the game. There's only one game. and But what you can do is you can have infinite number of bets on the game uh, and it's out various outcomes. And so uh, option is a derivative of a stock uh, generally. And so the stock is the game. Right, so the stock is like the game, right? It's the real underlying thing that, I mean, there's more than one stock per company, but the point is the underlying share is what's the real value, and you can have unlimited derivatives on top of it. So as long as there's someone willing to buy uh, 
an option at that price, you can sell an option at that price. And then so you can just have their money in your account. And but what that option is, is it's it's an option to buy or sell the stock at a specific price. So if you bet the wrong way, you can end up losing, right? It's, it's sort of like gambling, but you can use it to hedge your investments in the sense that, I don't know, let's say you, I don't know anyone who does this, but this would be pretty lame, but let's say you really like the Giants, uh, but you, you really get depressed when they lose. So if you just bet against the Giants when you gamble, it would be kind of like hedging the outcome of the game, right? So every time the Giants lose, you win some money, so you don't feel as bad. That's kind of what options do. That's what yeah. they're an inventor for. I see that, yeah, that example, like in either way, either you're sad and you made money, or you're happy and you lost money. So it's like, right. it's just like, to, in order to hedge that, you're, you kind of like remain neutral through the... <laughs> right. Um, and that's sort of what they were invented for. Uh, but then people like the people on Wall Street bets use them to just gamble. They just buy them straight yeah. up. They don't even buy the underlying equity, the thing that they care about, right? Um, and so, because what options do is they, uh, they're they leveraged, meaning like they, the amount of value you put it, you can potentially earn based on the amount you put in is, is higher than uh, just like one-to-one -one ratio. So you can potentially make or lose much more money than you would on a stock. So it's sort of, that's why they call it Wall Street bets is because they basically play derivatives and all this kind of stuff that's super risky. And some of them win big. Some of them make a ton of money. You know, some of them lose a ton of money. So, it, But it's just kind of like gambling. So this, this cheat code that they found through a, uh, a loophole where you can sell options and, it, and, and put money into your, your account they were they were allowing them. Robinhood was allowing these traders to, uh, you know, accrue like a million dollars on an investment of like four thousand dollars. So they were like <laughs> levered like um, twenty five times or what is that? Two hundred fifty times. times yeah. yeah, which is <laughs> like insane. Any responsible institution would never allow you to do that because if you have an because your initial investment is all that they're going to get from you. Like all if right. you have. An initial investment of four thousand dollars. You put it into an institution. The institution mm -hmm. might actually tell you you can spend six thousand dollars. They might give you like, actually, that's probably even more than they would allow. They probably may might let you spend um, like one know, to invest. one is yeah. like probably what they'll let you do. Like right. they'll match your deposit. That's like normal, yeah. I guess. It, I don't know what's will, normal, but it's not. Yeah, it'll expose you to more leverage, so you can like, um, you know. Yeah, it's, it's all just leverage. You can make more money, but you can also lose more money. If you lose more money, that opens the door to you losing more money than you invested, at which point you're on the hook to <clears> – <throat> the bank has now got to you know, collect the money from you, which isn't <clears throat> like easy. You could go – you know, you could go whatever. It's, collecting yeah. money from people isn't easy. Right, so, and leverage also has a time cost to it. So like it's not just amplifying – your wins and losses if it was i i think there would be basically no downside to levering but really the main the key important thing to know about leverage is it has a time cost right and that time cost is interest rates um because leverage is a loan so right. if you're gonna if you're gonna lever yourself on some bet you gotta not only 
win, but win enough to cover your interest rate as well. Uh, cause that's eating into your costs. So like if you ever see those three times spy ETFs or whatever, like those stocks that are aggressive on, um, bullish or bearish or whatever, uh, those decay their value over time because essentially they have to cover their, uh, interest costs. Right. So these, these investors that were able to, um, accrue 250 times leverage, uh, <laughs> was obviously a mistake. Um, mm -hmm. I read stuff where, you know, Robin hood, I don't know if Robin hood has an official statement, but it's like definitely their mistake. Like there's no reason any reputable institution. would. <laughs> so it's another strike against Robin hood in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, they're proving themselves to be, you know, these wild, wild west, uh, <laughs> uh, as Jeff put it a financial institution which is not what you want in your financial you want a reputable like uh institution you know is going to be around for the next 50 years while yeah. you're alive and, and, and you want to be able to get your money out right like uh, your portfolio is kind of the opposite of taking a dump you d you don't want it to be you want your portfolio liquid but you don't you don't want your <laughs> dump to be liquid so they kind of they're opposites in that regard uh, and so if robin hood gets in all sorts of financial trouble, you may get your money back, but it may take some time or you may just lose it. So, you know, it's, right. they're kind of risky. And now everyone else has <laughs> doubled down and does free commissions in response to Robinhood. So I almost see no reason to use them anymore. If you have your money in there, <laughs> I'll be honest, just take it out, go to E-Trade or something like that. Cause they all offer free commissions now. Right. Yeah, that's um, that's something interesting we can actually probably talk about too. The race to zero commissions, um, that was, but it was like an arms race <clears throat> between all these uh, brokers, these e-brokers. Uh, with Schwab announced, you know, a month ago that they were gonna eliminate their their commissions, um, which is on every trade, every every stock you buy or sell, every option you buy or sell. Um, you, you pay the price of that underlying asset plus the uh, there's a um, a commission that the e broker would take on top of that like a seven dollars six or seven dollars per transaction just to you know cover their internal costs of operating and uh, a place in the order and you know staffing personnel mm -hmm. and they Schwab announced that they would be eliminating which is what was <clears throat> so that was what was in, actually attractive about Robinhood they charged zero commissions. Um, and that's why they were attractive to a lot of people. But then Schwab last month came out, um, and said, we are eliminating commissions. So essentially all of the benefit of Robin hood went away. But, um, something that people didn't really talk about is how, well, I saw some people talking about, but how are these brokers able to cover their costs, um, while not taking commissions <laughs> like they're just uh operating at a loss or essentially um you know losing money on every trade that they hope to gain back with uh well so it's not most of their revenue like yes like like if they charge commissions then it covers that variable cost that it represents to them and you know they then theoretically they never have to worry about that being a cost issue for them um but it wasn't a large source of their revenue. So where they make most of their money, which is kind of suspect to me, to be honest, is uh, a lot of people 
will have cash in their portfolio. Mm. So they won't necessarily invest all of it. And so then they use that cash to buy high interest, uh, high yield bonds or whatever. So it's that cash that's sitting there is, has risk associated with it that you're not seeing. It's actually, they're using your cash to make money for the, um, service that they provide. Right. So uh, if you don't have any cash in there, um, then it's harder for them to make money. <laughs> so right. it, it's so it's kind of similar studious. to like a Venmo or PayPal business model, right. where they right. their money, their revenue is the money that they're able to just that's just sitting in there in your account that they're right. able to make interest on. Um, which yeah, right. That's you know you you hope they're not doing anything with that money that is going to make <laughs> make it hard for the, them to get the money back. So if they can't get their the money back, that's your money. That's that's on your like right. balance sheet as like an asset. It's like my Venmo balance is pretty much the same as you know cash in my wallet to me. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's interesting to think about that. That that's actually not the case. That cash is probably in treasury bonds or probably uh, cash deposits somewhere. Right, and that's, that's what people gotta realize is these numbers you see in your various accounts you can't just get them right now if you want them it doesn't work that the only money that exists like right now is straight up hard cash in your hands because if you went to a bank and you had a you know i don't know fifty thousand dollars in the bank and you said hey can i take this out in cash they wouldn't even be able to do that for you because they don't keep that kind of cash around so like there's right you know, yeah, they, they don't have it like in downstairs in a vault. Right. So like sometimes they do, but I mean, yeah, I don't, maybe that amount they might have. I don't know. Maybe like, but yeah, yeah, it's probably yeah, you know, they probably have that, but they do, they don't have like, you know, just insane amounts of cash sitting around. Like, yeah, right. Because most most people don't ask for that, so they don't need to sit on that. Um, right. And so, yeah, I mean, so what people gotta understand is that. Uh, this is sort of like how the run of the banks happens is that everyone, if everyone tries to pull their money at the same time, they can't all get it because it's actually in other people's hands. It's not just sitting in the bank. (laughs) Right. So this is, this isn't even just Robin Hood. So Robin Hood, we've cited reasons why they're sketchy, but I guess not, I guess what you're describing isn't sketchy, but it's like, It's just something. It's it's something that people probably don't realize that right. they should realize, which is kind of the reason we're talking about it. Because, <laughs> like, that's yeah, that's yeah. how our financial system works. Like, right. And like, speaking of liquidity, uh, Bernie had an interesting tweet that I think he probably doesn't understand liquidity very well, or maybe he does, and he's right. just assuming no one else will. Uh, because I don't know if you want to read the tweet, but it's, <laughs> yeah, I'll read the tweet. <laughs> it's pretty absurd if we're being intellectually um, honest here. This is a, in response to Bill Gates. Um, Bill Gates was interviewed about taxes. Um, and he kind of, it's a summary. He kind of came out and said, I pay a lot of taxes. He actually said, I pay the most taxes of like anybody. <laughs> uh, he's like, I don't, and I don't mind that, you know, even increases in taxes. I kind of don't really mind. Um, you know, I paid 10 billion in tax. If I had to pay 20 billion in tax, that's probably fine. But he said, if I had to pay 100 billion in tax, you know, at that point, I'm like, 
you're just taking everything. Like, what do I have left? Like, <laughs> he's kind of just like saying like that's kind of absurd to even um, start to suggest things like that. So he said that, and Bernie Sanders replied to a tweet that was um, that tweeted that that clip, and Bernie Sanders said, "Say Bill Gates was actually taxed at a hundred billion dollars." We could end homelessness and provide safe drinking water to everyone in this country. Bill would still be a multi-billionaire. Our message, the billionaire class cannot have it all when so many have so little. So he, so he started playing, a, uh, <clears throat> he started playing a, a theoretical game. He's not actually saying in the tweet that, yes, we, this is what we should do. But he's right. saying, in a perfect world, this is what we, this is what we would do. We would right. take everything this billionaire has... I mean, leave him a couple billion left, um, but it, we'll take that money and then we'll solve these dire problems in our country. And but for him not allowing us to do that, we're not able <laughs> to solve these problems. Um, right. So, and and just to, to the preface this um, to the listener, we're not coming out for or against Bernie. It it doesn't matter what um, what you think about Bernie, but we're just going to talk about the actual implications of of this like the logistic like the monetary logistics call it of this <laughs> taking place in our current in our like this isn't like imaginary this is like a, a real thing he would he would uh propose so let's just talk about what would happen and what's you know what's the actual impact of of something like that right and don't get me wrong like i sympathize with people who find this notion desirable because i i think on a surface level it makes sense and i used to think these sort of things like i back in the day i used to think oh why does anyone need to make more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year like you don't need more than that like we could just use it for other things but uh, let me tell you this was before i had any good understanding of economics or business or finance or anything like that and now i see why this is completely absurd and so hopefully we can demonstrate to you why this is completely absurd because uh, on the surface level it sounds nice right like six billion dollars that's more money than anyone could ever need ever right mm -hmm. so if we left him with six billion dollars you know he could never spend that even if he wanted to that's more money than anyone could ever hope to have so what's the big deal if we take a hundred what if we even took a thousand if we took a trillion from him if we left him with six billion he's still fine right it seems like it makes sense on a surface level, right? But if you actually dig into this at all, even just a little bit, you'll start to see how many uh, problems with this notion there are. And it, you can attack it from so many different angles. <laughs> and, this is, and this is ignoring the moral argument, right? Whether it's moral right. to take from someone who has more on behalf of someone who has less. I don't personally agree with that. Maybe you do. And that's that's its own intricate argument to get into, right? Because, you know, right. there, there's this question of what what is moral. Um, but you can just set the morality of it aside completely and still find so many things wrong with this argument, right? So mm -hmm. let's just say, first of all, right, How how is... Bill Gates going to come up with that hundred billion dollars, and so this, yeah, this, this goes like into the, that this yeah the liquidity that he was mentioning right. So this goes into the liquidity right. Like you don't want it in your poo, but you want it in your bank account, and so <laughs> so the Bill Gates doesn't have it either. 
man. So if if we wanted to tax Bill Gates a hundred billion dollars, right? Because his net worth, when people say his net worth is a hundred billion dollars, so he must have it lying around in cash, right? No, he doesn't have it lying around in cash. I would I don't even know if he has millions in cash. I honestly don't know. Probably, but probably not. Well, I, probably I, not. I That's no pretty idea. risky. It's risky yeah. to have that much cash. There's I no legit have no idea how much he has in cash, but it's certainly not a hundred billion, right? So where what is that hundred billion number coming from? Is the question. And the answer is Microsoft's stock. So pretty much the entirety of his net worth is value the price of that a micro a piece of microsoft so every stock is like a piece of a company it's a claim on that company and he has the most pieces because he invented microsoft right so if you went out and you invented your own company you could and you did all the work you could have all the shares right and now if you went public with that company and people were like oh i'll give you a thousand dollars for one share and you had millions of shares then now you're a billionaire right because the market value of all those shares is $1,000 and you have a million of them. A thousand times a million is a billion. Congrats, you're a billionaire. So this is what Bill Gates did. He built a company out of nothing. He just built it. Then people on a marketplace exchanging, saying, hmm, I want this company. No, I want that company. They value Microsoft. I don't know the exact value of the share, but if you multiply it all out, it's about $100 billion. Uh, worth of value and Bill Gates owns most of that because he invented it so that's why he has the ownership of it so yeah, another example of that um, that was also in the news relatively recently was Kylie Jenner was in the news for being like the youngest billionaire ever um, that doesn't mean again that doesn't mean she has a billion dollars that she's spending um, although it may seem like that because she lives like kind of an extravagant lifestyle but that's just because she she also has a company she has like a makeup company and the the like the estimated valuation of all the people that she staffs, of all the resources that she uses to make you know makeup, plus the um, plus the, the the brand. The brand is such a um, important uh, important part of the of the valuations of these companies. It's like people are willing to pay this for the same exact ingredients in the makeup. They're willing to pay twice as much for one that has her face on it. Just because the brand uh, it's actually valuable, so and that's even that's like the least liquid thing you could have. Like if you have a brand that's really valuable, and then people say, okay, in the case where you're taxed on the brand, it's like, well, <laughs> what am I gonna sell? Like I can't sell my right. My, like I can't I, sell I, my name to someone, and they're now Kylie Jenner. Like I'm <laughs> Kylie Jenner. Like that is inherent to me. That's my right. <laughs> and like, like I, it's the same for Trump, right? Like, so you know, whatever you think of the guy, his his brand is exceptionally strong now that he's in the news constantly. Right. Like, the Trump name is just so recognizable for better or for worse. But like, how how if let's say people valued his brand at two billion or whatever, and actually that's part of why he valued it says he's so rich is because he says his brand is so valuable. But whatever the value of that brand is. How the hell is he supposed to sell that? He is the brand. Right. Like he can't, there's not really any way to get the actual cash value out of it other than doing business. 
right? Right. And so, so someone's like net worth is like not really even relevant to talk about when you're talking about like things like taxation or like right. transaction or like spending, like purchasing power of a person. Because like some of it, it's like yeah, that's value that you created. It's mm-hmm. certainly value that you created, but it's not. Um, you can't cash it in. Like there's no cash in value. Right. So the um, only way he'd be able to get that money is if he sold all his shares of right. Microsoft. And if you tried to sell the entire share base of a company on an open market, there would just there's not enough demand out there at the market price to absorb all cuz think about it this way. If he wants to sell 100 billion worth of stock, there has to be 100 billion worth of demand out there to absorb it. And there's just not going to be that level of appetite on the market to absorb that many shares at that price. So the share price is going to have to come down significantly. So if he tried to sell the whole thing, he I don't know how much he'd be able to get, but it wouldn't be $100 billion. And then now he's going to have to come up with the rest of the money to pay that tax because right. uh, he's not even going to come close to covering it. And then right. that's not even to mention the fact that you just forced him to give up a business that he started out of nothing to pay this tax. So you, this is really, at the end of the day, a, a, it's not a confiscation on part of the government, but the government's basically coming in and saying, you're too valuable and you have to give up your business because your business generates you that value. And right. what do you think Bill Gates is going to go and do after that? Let's say he sells all of Microsoft. He's still f- smart. He could just start another company. And what if that next company is worth equally as much as Microsoft? He's going to be just as rich as he was again. Are you going to perpetually just keep taking all this value he's generating? What's going to be his incentive to ever do it again? He's just going to stop. Right. Yeah, the the amount of value, like the amount of jobs directly and indirectly that he's created with Microsoft, right? Like think of like any job you've ever had, probably there was someone within your organization using Excel or Word, you know, that it to an economy, an economy like thrives off of efficiency. Like that's how an economy grows. Like he provided so much efficiency into like every asset, every aspect, every facet of, you know, businesses of just like, like financial transactions occurring um, in every, in every phase of the market. He facilitated easier. Like it's allowed it, it was allowed to happen easier because he was he did what he did. So, um, yeah, to say, uh, okay, give me that, you know, go do something else now. It's like, well, no, he's still at the helm. He's still innovating. He's still mm-hmm. you know, creating value. Like, he's got all this leverage to be able to create even more value. And to me, my personal opinion, that's good. <laughs> we should people, <laughs> we, people that have proved themselves to be able to create value at such a scale – we should be actually giving them more because <laughs> they're able to take what they have and make value, take and extract value from it and create value from it. Um, I shouldn't say extract value, create value because value is something that you know benefits multiple parties. It's not just something that's taken uh, by an individual party in most cases. Yeah. Um, and and it and it also speaks to his ability to do that by the fact that people have agreed to that people have invested money and the share price is what it is because people are willing to buy willing to lend him money you know him specifically in some cases people like you know bill gates they're saying i want to buy i want to buy shares of a company that's led by him because he 
has proven to me that he's a smart person that can innovate and create value, right? So if he actually leaves, not only the, the like the vehicle of selling all those stock of all that stock will inherently make the stock go down, but looking at the company itself, like if you're trying to like recess the value, um, not only is the price being driven down, but now people are are thinking this this company is just less valuable in that way too, that it has a less efficient leader because no one could be as efficient as Bill Gates at what he literally created. Right. And um, so I think it's always useful to sort of get away from all the complications that arise in like an economy like ours because ours is just too complicated to like understand all the different variables going on. I mean... The big picture is actually easy to understand, in my opinion. I think it's actually very intuitive. But understanding the fine details is not. And so I think a useful thought experiment is just think about being on like a deserted island, right? And you just have a few people on that island. You can still have an economy on an island of just a few people with limited resources. Okay? So imagine you're all fishing with uh, spears, and you're able to catch, you know, a couple fish a day, each of you. And so basically all of you have to spend all day fishing in order to feed yourselves. Then one day, the Bill Gates of the island comes along and he invents a net. And with his net, he's able to catch enough fish for everyone on the island, just himself. Okay. So are you all going to just keep fishing while he's catching enough fish for everyone? No, you're going to go do other things. Now you can do different stuff. Um, and so that value that he created, that net, like you can't just take that and distribute it. Like, right. If you just chopped up the net and handed it out to everyone, it's not right. the same. And like, let's say he's the only one who even knows how to use it. Let's say there's a skill involved with the net and he's the most skilled at it. You're not going to say, Hey, stop catching so much fish for all of us. Like, you know, it's not fair. You're like you catching all these fish. It's, it's no, you're going to say, okay, He's really good at catching fish. I'm going to figure out something that he wants so I can get some of that fish, right? You're not going to just be like, it's not fair he's catching all these fish. You're going to think of a way to get some of what he's getting and find something you can do that he can't because he's spending all day fishing. Maybe he'll start building a hut, okay? He's like, oh, that's pretty cool. I want that. You know, I have all these fish, but I don't have a hut, right? And so if you just... What, what like if you just gang up on him and just say hey you got to share this fish or else we're, or else you know or whatever we're just you just got to give us some what you got cuz we're just we're not catching as much fish as you you think he's going to try hard you think he's going to give you his best effort to catch as many fish as he possibly can if you're just going to take what he gets and only leave him with the the amount he needs to survive the two every day he needs He's going to have no incentive. He might just throw his net in the water and not even tell you how he made it. So, okay. like, you got to realize you got you got to let people reap the reward of creating something that other people want. Or else they're just not going to do it. Right. Yeah, that's a good um, metaphor for what's happening. Um, all right, so we talked about the logistics. Do you have anything else to say about the, like, the logistics of actually extracting a hundred billion dollars from him and how impossible that is. Yeah. And so right, we tacked the angle of uh, like getting the hundred billion dollars from him and why that's a bad idea in terms of incentives, because 
we think Bill Gates is creating lots of value and you don't want people to stop doing that because again, how did he get that value? He didn't take it from anyone. And maybe he used the legal system somehow to do some stuff to boost profits. I don't know enough about their history to speak to that. But I can say a lot of people willingly paid for Microsoft Excel because Microsoft Excel is awesome. It's way better than Google Sheets. <laughs> and that didn't even come along until recently. Okay. Right. So Excel is one of the most powerful tools ever made. Every business has used it. They use it, every business today probably uses it for many different things. Even like a bagel shop might use it to keep track of their inventory or right. whatever. It's just, it's ubiquitous. If they're not using it, they could probably benefit from using it. <laughs> right. It's, it's so valuable. And all these people voluntarily pay for this tool to Bill Gates. They don't, he doesn't have to force them to give him his money. Right. And so if every single business in the United States is voluntarily handing over their money to Bill Gates, cause he is voluntarily handing them back a piece of Microsoft Excel, he's going to end up really rich. And that's what happened. Right. Um, and, but everyone benefited in the process of him getting super rich. It's not a zero sum game. And that's important mm -hmm. to remember. Um, so it's not like he extracted that value from anywhere. And like, if we stopped him from earning money, we would all have more. That's completely insane and incorrect. All right. And then, so that's one point. The next point is, um, so he said, if we had this hundred billion dollars, we could end homelessness, uh, and clean water for everyone. Okay. Well, I don't know if you guys know this, but our federal deficit for this year is, around a trillion dollars for just this year. So we overspent by a trillion dollars. You don't think there's any room in that deficit for an extra hundred billion to feed, to house all the homeless and like fix all the drinking water? Like if it was that, if it just only costs a hundred billion dollars, simple as that, I'm all done. Right. You don't think we could find room in our like our budget's more than a trillion, but we overspent by a trillion. Like there's plenty of room for a measly hundred billion dollars somewhere in there if it could really do all this amazing stuff. Yeah. So what I would say, like what I would, how I would compare that to is if there's a entity, call it your neighbor, right? And he's going to the casino every night and he blows a thousand dollars. You know that he had a thousand dollars and he blew it, right? He said he was going to do all this stuff and he was going to, you know, be productive and he was going to get his life together, and then he goes out and he spends a thousand dollars and loses it at the casino. <clears throat> and then he comes to you the next day and he says, "I don't have enough money for food. Like I'm gonna, I'm starving. Can I have ten dollars?" And it's just like, it's just like this ten dollars is the is what is going to allow you to sur to survive, right? It's like yeah. okay, like I can kind of see how that would happen. Where'd the thousand dollars go? Like you yeah. had a problem to solve and you had a, the money to solve it supposedly in the case of the federal government like you but you went and you spent on something else like what makes you think that my ten dollars is the change what why aren't you just gonna go spend this on the casino too what's different about my money than the money that you had yesterday <laughs> like it's just it like for a government agent to say this money is what we need to solve our problems the fact that we don't have this money and Bill Gates is hoarding it and that's the reason we can't solve homelessness and drinking water. You know, that's it, it just doesn't stand the test of like, well, you had a trillion dollars 
that more you than or, that. <laughs> you had more than that. You overspent by a trillion dollars. You had four point one trillion dollars total to spend. Or that was what you spent. Where's the clean water? Where's the end of homelessness? Like a hundred billion more. So you're telling me four point two billion or four point two trillion was the number, but you only had four point one to spend, and that's the reason that you didn't that you weren't able to solve all these problems. Like right. that's just. The, a lot the of absurdity might... of that scale is just uh, is just overwhelming. Right, yeah, because it's such a measly sum, a hundred billion for as far as the government is concerned. Um, right. And so, if you looked at, and they are throwing like, around hundred billion. They throw right. around hundred billion dollars like it's chump <laughs> change. That's literally nothing to them. Um, right, and so which, which if we stop and say, we don't think that that's nothing. We think that that's a lot of money. You can do a lot of good things with it. But the federal government has not. <laughs> They've spent, <laughs> right. you know, 40 times that, over right. 40 times that, and not solved these problems that are so dire, which they are dire. I mean, there's it's humanitarian there's humanitarian crises in our country. <laughs> they, right. they should be solved, right? Right. And if people the government expect taxes, that <clears throat> some of that goes to, like, or it's all, it's because it all goes to the military. That's what a lot of people, I think, get the sense of about. So let's just break down what the money goes to. So the the budget for 2018 was 4.5 trillion. Okay, so we overspent that, or sorry, the net cost was 4.5 trillion. We that means we only gathered around 3.5, and we spent 4.5. Okay, so um, what was that 4.5 trillion? 15% was defense, so military. So 15%, 23% was social security, 25% was. Uh, Healthcare essentially, um, then twenty one percent is discretionary spending, eight uh, percent is the VA, um, which is veteran stuff, and then eight percent is interest on our debt. So almost we're almost at ten percent of our budget is literally just to service our debt, not even pay it off, but just ten percent of your taxes are because we've accrued so much debt that. That money is just going to people who lent money to the government, okay? And that number is going to keep growing. And so the 21% where it's like that's our discretionary uh, spending, that's 21% of $4.5 trillion. So it's, it's in the ballpark of a trillion. So, And then we already have a, a lot of other stuff that are, you know, like the Medicare and the Medicaid and the Social Security. This is all meant to help people, right? So if in all those trillions of dollars that are meant to help people or fix things and we still have these problems, you really think a hundred billion from Bill Gates is just is gonna fix all these things? It's just absurd. It is an absurd thing to say. <laughs> and so to take um maybe take Bernie less literally, maybe he didn't just mean take a hundred billion from Bill Gates, maybe he means Take Andre from Bill Gates. Take you know twenty billion from Elon Musk. You know confiscate mm -hmm. the wealth of all the billionaires, but leave them you know a couple billion each because to him that's you know worth what right. you know that's 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 a fair <laughs> that's, that's that's fair, fair. <laughs> right to him. So leave them with a couple billion, but then take all the other billions of all the billionaires. And what, how much do you have? I did a quick you know calculation. It's somewhere I don't know the exact number because. You know, there's hundreds of billionaires in the country. 
Right. But that's what there is. There's hundreds, right? There's hundreds <laughs> of billionaires. So to collect all that wealth, it's probably like 500 to 600. It's not more than 1 trillion. It's probably 500 to 600 billion, maybe more. Maybe if you, you know, theoretically, we've already talked about how it's impossible to actually extract the wealth from these people, from these right. billionaires, because it's, they don't have it lying around. They, they would need to sell, and, and in doing so, that would actually lose a lot of the value. But say you were able to magically extract, say you're not just stopping at billionaires, say you extract from millionaires too. Mm -hmm. And um, say you're able to raise, you know, extremely optimistically, like extremely optimistically, raise a, an extra trillion dollars. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not even, you probably haven't even made it to the point where you're not borrowing money to spend. Like that's right. still not covering, like that's just at about what we spent last year. In, right. in in deficit spending, so it's like our our financial appetite for spending was so large last year that if we garnered an additional trillion dollars, which would have, which is only a one-time thing, like once you take it from all these billionaires, they all have to start over. Like all the wealthy people in the country have to start over, and you know, and start gaining like gaining that um, it, to imagine generating a billion dollars from that. It's going to take some time. So you can only do this once in a while, garner a trillion dollars from the economy, and you haven't even covered your spending. You're still borrowing to spend, and that, <clears throat> just that that fact. What are you changing by doing that? You're entering this complete moral hazard of entering the realm of confiscating wealth from people, and you're not even covering the amount that you're already going to spend. So it's like, what, <laughs> what's the actual benefit to that? Like I don't see, right. like I don't see it. Right, like uh, to me, there's no other explanation other than wealth inequality. Just the inequality in itself is just is burns a hole in the side of a lot of people. They just really don't like that some people have a lot more money than other people. And my interpretation of this would be, you know, people are just not the same. Some people are going to earn more than others, and that's always going to be the case. If you look at after the Soviet Union fell. They distributed all the shares of all the public, public companies equally among everyone. And if you want to take a guess, not everyone up ended up the same. Some people sold their shares immediately for vodka. And some people, <laughs> you know, bought the best companies and, and they were able to figure out where, you know, the right investments to, to, to buy off other people with, you know, a bottle of vodka to get it from them. And they became rich. And, and that's just what's going to happen. Uh, people are going to figure out ways to accrue wealth. So even if you reset everyone, people are going to find a way to be wealthier again. And that's, not a, and that's not a bad thing is what people should realize is because every single action that they take on their path to becoming wealthy is voluntary. And if it's not, that should be a crime and we should put them in jail because um, that's extortion so so long as every single action is voluntary that means people are only going to act if it benefits them or at least they perceive it to so who are you and even if they're wrong even if it's not to their benefit i mean who are you to tell someone don't do that it's not to your benefit that's like the people when like someone's like smoking and they come up and they go hey man don't you know that's bad for your health don't do that it's like they, they know that <laughs> like they don't want to hear you talk telling them what to do it's just it's obnoxious right 
And so, it, like, the idea that we can have everyone come out on the same playing field is kind of a, a, a dream. It's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. So and so, if you're if you if you try to dissect the motives for Bernie Sanders, you know, crafting this tweet, you can you can point to the things like, oh, it, you know, he really wants to solve these problems. Which I do think. So. I mean, I do think. Yeah, I agree. He is motivated to to solve these problems. What's that? I don't think. I agree. I don't think he's lying. Right. I just think but, he's misinformed. Yeah. Like if you actually take this, take the time to break it down. How? Like, what's the actual logistics of, you know, collecting the collecting this amount of money, and is it actually going to solve these problems that you wanted to? It's really hard. Like if you really take the time and and look at every step of the way, like we just did, you know. A good a good deal of it, it's really hard to then it's it's still at this point say yeah a hundred billion dollars would solve you know all these problems <laughs> we need like it's just like really idealistic and not well thought through um, right like so the only the only value I see to wealth redistrib- redistribution is in the sense of in, and I'm talking about in terms of like value to a society because if you look at economics um when you redistribute wealth it tends to essentially reduce lower everyone the same right and the reason for that is like if we're on the the island right when we when we just stole we we took the fish from the guy he's just not going to produce as much fish for he's going to have less of incentive and so but if you have to build a house in exchange for the fish now everyone's better off and so when there's free exchange, everyone's working as hard as they can. But if you start to redistribute, then you basically place incentives in there where the wealth falls for everyone. Um, and so the only net benefit I can see to actually doing redistribution would be in sort of like a psychology where like people are just happier uh, because – it's society is perceived to be more fair and then you might have, I guess, less like crime or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, that's and kinda... then you save the, you save the cost on police, I guess something like that. I don't know. Right. That's what it would be. Right. What do you say? It's a bit of a stretch, but you know, that's like, <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. there, right. that would be the motivation if there was a motivation. Um, right. And, why... and so, some, hold on. Some people would say, Oh, the motivation is because we should take care of, the least fortunate and my response would be we've been trying that it hasn't been working yeah. through the government yeah, yeah four and a half we, trillion is yeah, it trying? So, if, yeah. so if you look at our our spending our debt which is what we're going to get to next the bulk of our spending the bulk of that debt we have accrued has been trying to help people okay and so if if things are still as bad as they are and we've basically bankrupted our country trying to achieve this goal. I don't. How do you expect to ever achieve this goal? I. It does. It no longer seems plausible to me if you just look at the facts. Well, they just need a hundred billion more, and they. Can... <laughs> <laughs> That's. Yeah, so, the... <laughs> let's talk about the debt real quick. Let's talk about. Well, what, the last much... thing I'll say. I do have yeah. one thing to say about that. So, it, a good thing to think about is um, the. The thought that you shouldn't compare yourself to anyone else. You should, like today, you should compare yourself to who you were 
you know, yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. it, when you project yourself, like, a lot of people, and, and like, the, the formation of this tweet for Bernie Sanders is kind of essentially him saying, if I were in his shoes, me, Bernie Sanders, I'm a good person. If I were in Bill Gates' shoes, I had that enormous amount of wealth. There's no way I would still have that wealth. I'd just give it away. It's kind of what he's saying. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> here's the thing. So you think you're much better than Bill Gates? Like, he, <laughs> Bill Gates could come out and say, I really try, like, I really try to help people. Like, he designed, like, he toilets. Does. And he does, yeah. He does, like, he helps prevent, like, malaria spread in, in, in countries where that's a, a real threat. He, like, redesigned toilets to help people, like, live longer and, you know, safer. So it's like, he's trying, like, he's trying. Like, it's not that he's, like, hoarding money. Like, right. I'm not saying that even if he was, it's not, like, excusable to say, oh, I'm better than you, so I should have that money. You shouldn't. But he does have the money, and he's trying, like, he... Yeah, he's, he like, he's try, trying like, his hardest to, like, do good with that wealth. Which, like in my opinion, the wealth is a representation of how much good he's already done. Right. Like, he's already, he's done $100 billion worth of good in improving businesses all over the country. He doesn't right. need to do anything else, but he's... Also, then taking that wealth he accrued and just giving it away to save people's lives in Africa. So, like, because he's curing malaria, right? That's not really a problem here in the United States. It's a problem in Africa. And so, if we then took his wealth, aren't you kind of saying we deserve that money more than Africans do? Like, that's a little conceited as well. You (laughs) know, like, there's so many things wrong. Yeah. It's just a lot of hubris. Yeah. Yeah. The hubris that. Just me in that position, I would do the right thing. He's doing the wrong thing, but just me, I would, do, I would do the right thing. Yeah, and, and Bernie, Bernie Sanders, Sanders actually is a millionaire, so like yeah, right. And he's quoted as saying, "The next thing I was gonna say, he was asked by someone once he like made a million dollars from a book deal, or he 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 wrote a best-selling book, and someone said, why aren't you, you know, get, you're a millionaire now? Why aren't you giving that away?' And he said he's quoted as saying." You read a, a book that makes you a millionaire, and you see, you see what you do with that money. So it's like, well, I yeah. that's not the quote. That's not the quote. I'm <laughs> loosely quoting him, but uh, it that's just that's the exact same thing we're trying to explain about like Bill Gates is he gets the same rates that you make a hundred billion dollars. You want to spend a hundred billion dollars, you make a hundred billion dollars. Like it's right. not and, mine for yours taking. And this this is another weird thing of psychology, right? People are just randomly drawing lines where there are none, right? Like billionaires are a problem, millionaires are not. That's a weird, completely arbitrary way to draw a line. Like what if we didn't even use base 10 as our numbering system? <laughs> right. That would be absolutely arbitrary, right? All the hexadecimillionaires. Hexadecimillionaires. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's in a completely arbitrary place to draw the line in the first place, right? So let's look at the average income of the world. It's about $35,000 or something like that is, uh, that's like the median for the world. Something is like that, that the world or no, that's the median for the U S no U S is like 55 or something. Oh, is it? Oh, sorry. I was wrong. Not the median, the 1%. If you're in the 1% of the world, right. top okay. 1% of the sense. world is like $35,000 or $40,000 somewhere right. around there. Um, so, if you're in the the one percent, you know the one percent that everyone hates. If you're if you make more than forty thousand dollars, you're the one percent as far as the world is concerned. Right. So, you know, why aren't you giving all that massive amounts of wealth back to you know the rest of the developing world? 
You know, you don't need all that. Look at how bad they are. You don't need all that. You can, it's the same argument. And you can just pass that all the way up to the top guy, which is right. what happens to Bill Gates. Everyone's right. just like, it's not me, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I think it requires a little introspection to say, hey, actually, I do have it pretty good compared to the rest of the world. And yeah, I do my part and I feel good about what I do. And guess what? So does Bill Gates. So exactly. for you to say they're not doing enough, you've never been in their shoes. You don't know how hard it was to do what he did. You have no idea. So, you know, just like have a little humility and say, you know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to worry about me. This is how much I earn. I want to earn this much. Here's how much I'm going to give up. I hope everyone else does the same. That to me is a much more, that's what like a leader does, right? A leader leads by example uh, and hopes everyone else will follow, right? Whereas just like a ruler or like a dictator, they're just, you know, everyone must do this according to how I say it. But, you know, that's not really a leader to me. You think that you would tell somebody who makes more than $40,000 but is calling for the confiscation of Bill Gates' wealth, you think you'd tell that person to do less? <laughs> I think I might. I think I just yeah. might. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys should be listening to us and telling your friends and your loved ones about us um, and put, about our... Put us on, um, you know, when you're getting ready to make love to your partner. <laughs> yeah, right. But we'll get you in the mood. We'll talk about some we'll... real fun... Uh, de irresponsible deficit spending on the government. That gets me right where I need to be. Where I need to. <laughs> no, but seriously, we appreciate if you're single, the if you're single and ready to mingle, what a better way to set the mood than by doing less with us, huh? Yeah, do less with John and Jeff. Um, we do appreciate the listeners a lot, and uh, we appreciate the feedback and the uh, any any word of mouth uh, you guys are able to to spread about us and about our message uh, if you appreciate the message if you appreciate what we're uh what we're talking about um if you learn something even just feel free to to let somebody know let someone you think who else yeah. you probably know someone who, who would enjoy this content um so just let them know about it and we'll spread the message we'll yeah we there. appreciate all one of you thanks kyle <laughs> <laughs> right um all right that was a good episode all right.